And that was almost like a moment of nirvana because it was like, ah, this is, <laughs> this is literally the most stress I could ever feel. So like anything else is just, you know, it's fine. This is it. Welcome to this episode of the Unstoppable Business Podcast. We'll be talking to Ernesto Gaxa, the co-founder of SplitSpot, the startup that's disrupting Boston's rental experience. Ernesto joins us on this episode to talk about why you need to be shameless as a founder, how to sell a brand new service to stubborn clients, and focus on what you can do and can control in order to be more productive. So uh, first, let's sort of talk about the story behind your startup. What was happening when the idea came up for Split Spot? To make a long story short, I was just thinking the whole time how like I had just graduated from college. I had barely any money sort of to my name. And luckily, you know, my parents were able to spot me a little bit of cash to, you know, actually secure this apartment. But, you know, if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would have done to just get a, a place to live. We put down like $16,000. It's like a, the price of a, you know, good used car just to live in a half basement apartment you know the stuff that they make kids go through these days is insane and it hasn't really changed all that much so that's sort of where the first inkling of split spot started because the whole time i was just thinking why isn't there some sort of better thing out there I mean, there's so much innovation happening and continuing to happen around other industries that were really old and um difficult but that's where i was like wow, that would be really great if there was some sort of like service that did all this for me. And I didn't have to make all these like annoying commitments and go through all these hurdles. You know, that's where the idea came from. And I worked in finance for a little bit. But after that, I decided to apply to MIT's business school. And I knew that going in, I wanted to, you know, start this company. Luckily, when I got there, I ran into my co-founder, David, who was also super passionate about this idea. And we kind of just hit it off immediately and started building the company in school. And by the time we graduated, which was 2020, we graduated with essentially a more or less established company from our passions around this problem. Damn, that's incredible. Did you find that the first adopters of this was like college students like yourself in the past? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The first customers we had were a mix. Some were like graduate students or, or people kind of like ourselves or just graduated. But actually, ironically, some of the very, very first customers were actually in a building that I convinced my roommates to buy. So what happened was in that apartment I just described, you know, we had lived there for a few years and then the landlord raised the rent by like a lot. And I jokingly said that me and my roommates at the time should just go in on, on buying a place because the rent was just as much as a mortgage. And then and eventually that actually became less of a joke. So we ended up going and buying a, you know, a place nearby, a, a, like a like a duplex sort of situation nearby, pulling in, you know, the, the sort of money we had saved up. And those apartments were the first few split spot units. And, you know, I still live with those people. And it's funny because it's like a three-way mortgage and it's kind of complicated and I would not recommend it for everyone, but it worked out for us. But those were the initial apartments on split spot. And the people who came to us for those were, I think if I remember correctly, there's this young couple who kind of just getting off the ground in Boston. The other unit were a couple of PhD students. So yeah, I mean, the profile was very similar. We did offer that kind of flexibility that we offer now, and they really enjoyed that. And we had a lot of demand. I mean, I remember we had like eight people interested in one of the rooms because of how flexible and convenient it was. Initially. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can totally imagine that me being a New Yorker, you know, finding a place here, is like almost like a nightmare when I was a student for sure. Yeah. yeah. So have you found it sort of like difficult to explain what you do to other people or relative easy. It is difficult to explain because we don't really fit easily in any of the current categories. We're not a broker. We're not really a landlord. We're not quite a like 
co-living company because we focus a lot on longer term normal residents. And, you know, we don't add some of the more expensive things that drive the price up. We kind of kind of keep the price uh, as within the sort of normal range possible because that's what our residents want. So the best way I kind of find to describe us is we're really formalizing the informal market that already exists out there on like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and all these other places where people find roommates and find people to fill empty rooms in their currently existing contracts. We're just taking that process and adding trust and, um, and verifiability to it because we can do a background check on the new roommate, but you as like someone who makes a Craigslist post can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just thinking about Craigslist, it's like sends shivers down my spine, yeah. you know, like renting from there. Yeah. I can tell you horror stories, trust me. <laughs> So uh, what has the response been sort of like? So you mentioned uh, immediately you sort of had like really good response. When did you guys start going to investors and VCs? So it's funny. I mean, I, I may, maybe made it sound a little easier than it was. It wasn't like suddenly we had all these people who were interested. It, it was a grind at first. Uh -huh. I remember we had the first few real units were, were mine. And then the, the, the next set of units were, you know, we hit the ground and asked a lot of landlords to basically kind of let us do our thing. And you have to understand, like, landlords are really risk sensitive and uh, averse, rather. And um, we were just two random guys asking <laughs> to give us their apartment to run this new business idea on. And I mean, I would have said no to us. But luckily, we met a couple of people who said yes. And those first few apartments, we literally just manually ran ourselves. Like I was, I was doing the showings. I was, David was also doing the showings. We were both handling the maintenance requests. I, w I physically went and like repaired locks and made key copies. It was funny because at the same time we were going to business school and doing kind of everything all at once. And in terms of fundraising, we didn't even consider it. It kind of happened in a weird way where our first raise was, I went to a, like a little get together with some friends and one of the guys there happened to have a startup and I was talking about split spot and he said oh you should talk to my friend Matt and I said sure because apparently Matt knew some like people involved in the space and I was hoping to get some of his thoughts and it turned out Matt was like a VC so we talked for a, a good amount and um, after we had talked he was kind of just like hey so like how much money do you want and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> and he was like yeah like you know how much money do you need to like get this idea off the ground and and that's kind of where our like pre 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 seed happened it was a very small amount of money it was almost a glorified internship that I did between my two years in business school. And that's sort of where our fundraising path started. But it was very happenstance. I wasn't really looking for fundraising for funds, but uh, it, I'm glad it kind of happened that way. Wow. Yeah, that is a rare experience as well. You know, like most people, like they really have to deal with a lot of VCs and like the headache of finding the right one. So, yeah. wow. Well, I mean, definitely the next time we raised was much more traditional. Yeah, we just finished our seed round a couple months ago, and that was a much more traditional experience. But the first time was definitely kind of more happenstance. Right. Yeah. Ernesto, can you share with us like an embarrassing failure that you had to endure during this entire process? I mean, we've had plenty of failure. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have said no to my face or how many times, you know, we thought we had a deal and we didn't or 
I guess you kind of have to be insensitive to embarrassment after a while. And maybe that's why I'm struggling with an answer because there are a lot of times when I could have felt very embarrassed because, um, you know, you, you have to, as a startup founder, you have to ask people to do things that they would never normally do. And you have to do it with a straight face and um, you have to do it seriously. And, and a lot of the reason why Splitspot has succeeded is because we've been able to get in front of property managers, landlords, and other counterparties who have been set in their ways for decades. And we've told them, hey, remember that thing you've been doing for like 40 years? Yeah, let's do something completely different. You know, you've never done this before and you never would have considered it before, but I'm here with a straight face telling you that you should do it. And then most of them say, no, are you kidding me? Get out of my office and say yes. And uh, and that's why it's been working. And, and we've been able to demonstrate that it does work and we have really great metrics and have been doing super well even during corona but yeah i'm struggling to find something super embarrassing it's all good so i mean you mentioned those you know knocking on those doors and talking to the landlords what did you have to do to convince them i mean at the time you didn't really have like the numbers or anything to you know show them right yeah no um i mean i think part of the reason it worked is because the sort of initial set had an entrepreneurial mindset so the, other than myself the first landlord we landed was literally an entrepreneur who had just sold this company and parked some money in real estate and was like oh i like you guys you guys seem entrepreneurial try it out so that was a bit of a unique situation and then the second person we landed was literally one of the entrepreneurs in residence at mit who was our advisor <laughs> He was yeah. like, hey, love this idea. By the way, my condo, I'm moving out of. If you guys want to try it out on my condo, go ahead. So we did and it worked. And then, you know, at that point we had, you know, two landlords. So we were able to go to like, a non-entrepreneur connection landlord and say, hey, we have people who are trying this already. And what happened really was that this landlord had like some apartments that he couldn't sell. For some reason, they just were not selling. And I think he was desperate. <laughs> it's like, oh, these guys can't really mess this up too bad. So here you go. And then we, we didn't mess it up. We, we did well. Basically, we were able to prove ourselves on, on a really bad apartment or something that wasn't working for the landlord. And they were super apprehensive about it. And then once we proved ourselves with that, they started giving us more. So we had... Like, like I, I'm literally talking to this one property manager today where they're throwing apartments at us. But when we first talked to them two years ago, they basically ignored me entirely. And, and when we did get to talk to them, they were like adding ridiculous surcharges to their units because they didn't want to work with us. And now they're more or less just giving us apartments. So the trust factor is huge. And being able to prove yourself on like a small sort of test is how we got a lot of people on board. A lot of startups, I think, start by proving themselves in a, in a sort of tougher environment and then gaining the trust of counterparties that way. Sort of have to have that tough skin early on in the game, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can start a company without being able to take rejection over and over and over and over and still keep going at it. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of challenges that you faced in the past, what's like the number one biggest challenge that you guys are facing right now? Right now, we are expanding out of Boston. And it's been a bit of a challenge trying to get to other cities because in Boston, we're doing great. We're growing quickly. We've already established ourselves. People trust us. Landlords like us. I mean, Boston is a unique market for many reasons, which both helps and hurts us, but that's going well. But now trying to sort of create that in other cities to start from square one 
more or less, because like I'm in New York right now trying to get some New York partnerships going. And I can tell landlords here, hey, we're like doing really well in Boston. So I'm blue in the face, but they're like, that's Boston. It's not New York. Like, what do you have? Right. It's, it's difficult, especially as well, because our product is something where you really have to kind of like experience it to know its value. Because on the face of it, you could discount a lot. I mean, basically what we're selling is like a, a number of services enshrined with the prospect of being able to maximize the revenue as a landlord and then to the tenants. I mean, it's an easy sell to the tenants because it's all these like flexible perks and um, ease of use items. But for the landlord, again, they're stuck in their ways. So anything I tell them, they're going to discount immediately. So when I tell them we'll be able to get more rent for you, even after our fee, than then you get now, they're not going to believe that until they actually experience it. So it's a bit of a catch 22 there. So we're, we're delving in a lot of ways of how to like break into new markets efficiently. And I think that's just a growing pain that a lot of startups deal with. And I'm, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Ernesto, kind of walk us through a, a day in your life. Like, what does that look like from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep? It's a bit crazy and it's never really the same, which I'm sure everyone says. But when I get up, I quickly scan through our you know, messaging and our emails. And I, I have a bunch of uh, morning emails with the team. Our team has grown really quickly in the past year, which is exciting and also a challenge because going from last year where we were literally like four people to now where we're 20 something. And that's a big jump. Wow. And it's been a big learning for me as well as like a, a manager of that many people. And that's been fun and a good challenge, but go through uh, usually a few team meetings in the morning. And then right now I've been focusing a lot on expansion efforts, talking to different counterparties uh, that we could potentially expand with, like other startups that do brokerage services, brokers themselves, uh, landlords, property managers, more or less just hitting the ground and getting these people to consider our product. I'm in New York right now. So last night I just drove from Boston to New York um, and got in and have been running around the city trying to get and drop off the business. But I've been finding more and more that the day is kind of a whirlwind of meetings and being a bit of a salesman for new business. Dave and I, um, you know, share a lot of these responsibilities. And, you know, part of it too is filling in the gaps where we don't quite have the resources yet, as well as training up the people to take over things and responsibilities that that we start to build well and hand off. So for example, although a while ago, you know, David and I were really running the show in Boston and that took up a lot of our time, but now we've been able to put in a team that is very effective at running Boston. So you can going through the process of transitioning that responsibility to the team. And it's just a process of like building each like layer of the company as, as you work and then handing it off to that layer and building the next layer. So that's why, um, you know, I'm focusing a lot on the expansion efforts, but it's always changing and I can, I can never count on a, on a set schedule. That's the sort of crux of it. And then you know, near the end of the day, I'll eat a quick meal, hopefully go to the gym and walk my dog and go to bed and do it all the next day. So so. Gotcha. Wow. Hustler yeah. through and through. So you, you mentioned a lot here that kind of what your plans are, you know, expanding more and more. What do you see the vision for a split spot in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I, I think that the problem that we're addressing exists in every large city in the country and the world. So we have a value proposition everywhere and we want to bring that value everywhere. I mean, we want to become a trusted international brand for young people who are living in these kinds of scenarios. And as we grow into these next few cities, I think we'll be able to build a roadmap for even more efficient expansion into the next set of cities. So in, in five to 10 years, I hope Splitspot is in 100 cities across the globe. Incredible, man. 
<laughs> Ernesto, do you have like a philosophy for living and for success? Is there like a phrase that kind of goes through your head every single day? One of the things that's really been helpful for me is being really mindful and focusing on what I can do and can control and recognizing that worrying doesn't get you anywhere and it's not helpful. So focusing on what you can do, you know, are able to move your mind, change your mindset into, into something that's just more positive and more productive. I don't know. I think I've reached the maximum level of stress that I, that I could physically uh, experience. And that was almost like a, a moment of nirvana because it was like, ah, this is, this is literally the most stress I could ever feel. So like anything else is just, you know, it's fine. This is it. It's all <laughs> from here. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's an incredible answer. Yeah. Being more mindful of it. And uh, I haven't heard that one about the stress, but you know, that's a great way to think about it. You know, most people try to avoid that level of stress. So. Um, so how can listeners connect with you, Ernesto? Yeah, I mean, if anyone is interested in uh, prop tech or real estate tech or in split spot or even just wants to um, you know, ask me a question or anything, they can email me um, at ernesto at splitspot.com.